On today's episode of the iBuyer Experiment, I'm excited to bring on Adam Contos, the CEO of Remax and author of Start With a Win, Tools and Lessons to Create Personal and Business Success. Thank you so much for being here with us today. Welcome, Adam. Thanks, Kayla. I appreciate you guys having me here. Uh, we are so excited. I have my hands on your new book, Start With a Win. I'm so excited. I got it yesterday and I went home last night, put my PJs on, curled up in bed, and I read it. I read all of it last night. It wow. was took me about five hours, but it was so worth it. And I laughed. I even cried. You you got a tear out of me, Adam. Wow. Hey, uh, right on. So it's such a good book. Um, I, I just, and in your story, just give us a little bit about your overview, your background and, and um, how you came to be the CEO of Remax. Well, I took the long way around, I guess you could say. Um, I, the day after graduate, so went to high school in, in Colorado here. Uh, I'm in Denver. Uh, for those of you watching the video, you can see over the, my shoulder here, that's the Denver skyline. And uh, I grew up here. Um, in fact, while I was in high school, I pumped gas at a gas station. I was a full service gas station person. 12 stories below where I'm sitting right now is where the gas station was. So a small wow. world, obviously haven't gone very far since then. But um, uh, day after I graduated from high school, I went to Marine Corps boot camp. I, I needed it. I, I learned some structure in my life. I figured out that uh, when you are focused and intentional, you can create success. I wanted to be a police officer. My dad was in federal law enforcement. So uh, growing up, I got to watch police work firsthand. It, firsthand, it was like watching the show Cops, I guess you could say, only living in the house of uh, a federal law enforcement agent. And then um, just kind of started working my way through business uh, and, and law enforcement. I, I was a police officer. I, um, I was also an entrepreneur. I started two businesses on my own. And then one day I met this guy named Dave Linegar, who's the co-founder of Remax. And uh, I, I was doing business with Remax as a uh, safety and security consultant. I was a Homeland Security instructor, counterterrorism instructor. And um, I created a real estate agent safety program that Remax ended up purchasing and, uh, and hired me to teach. Did that for about a year. Dave called me one night and said, hey, why don't you come work for me? I said, Dave, I, I run a SWAT team. I have the best job in police work. I'd get to drive fast. I get to go to fun calls. Um, you know, it's just, it's kind of a fun thing. And I had my own business. So I was making good money. He goes, no, no, why don't you come and learn from me? So I thought, wow, you can't pass up that opportunity. So I shut down my consulting business. I left law enforcement full-time and started a Remax, working directly with uh, franchisees and, and agents and uh, worked my way up through the organization over a period of 15 years. I've been here uh, going on uh, uh, 18 years full-time, uh, 19 years as a consultant, and uh, made it to the C-suite. Um, you know, it's through focused effort and, and hard work every single day, caring about the people around you and, and doing what you can to make a difference. Wow. Yes. Well, you are making a difference. And reading your book is really a tactical how-to on achieving amazing things. So, really cool. Uh, you've seen a lot. You've been in real estate now for, you said, 19 years. And 
I'm curious, you know, like for instance, 1000 Watt Research just came out with some data that said 77% of sellers would be willing to walk away from 5 to 11% of their equity for a non-traditional home sale, i.e. an iBuyer transaction. And we know the billions of dollars that are coming into venture capital that are hitting real estate and the power buyers, the iBuyers. How do you feel all of this is changing the real estate space? I look at iBuyers as cash buyers. I mean, that's ultimately what iBuyers are. They're, they're cash buyers. There have always been cash buyers in the real estate space. So anybody who says iBuyers are new, it's how cash buyers are doing it is new. And, and I think ultimately you could say that how we're doing a lot of things in life is new. I mean, we over COVID, we experienced 10 years of change in three months. And so evolution in business is, is nothing new. It's just how do we make those certain processes more convenient, more effective, things of that nature. And a lot of that is through clarity and communication that we have digitally. So um, when, when you take a look at uh, iBuyers overall, and you know, you look at that statistic, I don't argue with that statistic of saying, you know, this many people said they would be willing to. The, the fact of the matter is you don't see that many people doing it. So, um, I mean, it, you know, we, we talked about um, a couple of years ago, oh my gosh, iBuyers are coming in, everybody on earnings calls, on the panels on stage, everything like that said, Adam, are you guys going to become an iBuyer? I'm like, no, we're, we are a real estate franchise company and a mortgage franchise company. And we're going to continue to do that. Why? Because there's space for all of us in the space. So, um, you know, ultimately what you do see is you see iBuyers becoming more efficient at what they're doing. Uh, you know, I, I challenge you to show me an iBuyer who's profitable at this <laughs> point. Yeah. But uh, I mean, that's just that's a function of of business is at some point you have to make a profit. But the reality is we it's nice to have iBuyers in the space because it gives agents and consumers an option. Consumers like having an option and they like to to say, OK, I want to minimize the, the friction that I have in the transaction. I want my real estate agent, my expert to help me minimize that friction, knowing that there's going to be some and I want to understand what my options are and I will make the best choice that I feel um, gives my family the, the greatest um, financial upside, the greatest ease and coordination of my timelines and, and family needs in this process. And so it's, it's great that there are people like yourself that help facilitate that, that the agent understands and is able to utilize the process and that the iBuyers exist in order to facilitate that end of the transaction when and if necessary for the consumer. So we all play together in a space together, I, you know, at the same time, and we can share our sandbox. That's just the reality of it. Well, it's definitely a very large sandbox. I think we could all agree on that. And Remax, you know, one of the, the largest real estate organizations across the country. I think you, you said you guys have 140,000 real estate agents and just incredible. You guys are just an incredible brand. One of the things that you talk a lot about in your book, I think you referenced it a couple times, is your motto, more. Could you kind of expand on what more means? So more is our value statement at Remax, and everybody needs to have a value statement. They need to understand what it is, be able to recite it by memory, and and live to it for crying out loud. So um, we established a value statement uh, when I took over as CEO um, three and a half, four years ago here uh, because we we wanted to realign ourselves to our north star, and and I wanted to give it 
my voice so that everybody understood, here's what I am about. I think if you work in an organization, you need to know what the leadership uh, of the organization is about because truly that's what you're following is that particular value statement. So we took a look at what are our values? And we did a lot of deep review, spent a lot of time in, in rooms looking at each other and, and reflecting on these things. What do they mean to our heart? What do they mean to our head? And we came up with the acronym of MORE, M-O-R-E. So what does that mean? The M stands for max in deliver to the max. We want to deliver to the max for our customers and the consumer, our customers being our franchisees, the agents, and the people that they work with. So, um, you know, deliver to the max. Are you putting every bit of effort that you have into this because here's a fact Kayla most people only put out about 25% of their effort when they're working believe it or not it is crazy that we all have we can reach down the side and bring up that other 75% and that's really what the consumer wants from us when we are dealing with their largest transaction in their life they want us to care they want us to give us give everything we have so we want to deliver to the max so that's the M the O be customer obsessed. Obsessed is the O. What does that mean? That means we care with everything we've got. We really care. We are obsessed with doing the very, very best that we can. Obviously, it plays right in with deliver to the max because those are hand in hand that, uh, that those two concepts work together. But we are obsessed with doing what is very best for the consumer, for the marketplace, for the industry, things of that nature. What's the R? The R is do the right thing. We are ethical honest, upfront, transparent, trustworthy people. So do the right thing. R is right and do the right thing. And then the E in more is everybody wins. And that's truly what should happen in a real estate transaction. There shouldn't be a winner and a loser in a real estate transaction. There should be a situation where everybody sees each other at the closing table and says, thank you. Thank you. This is what's best for all of us. So that's what we put together to represent the values of our organization. And, and that's the values of my life. That's, you know, you, you can't kind of go to and from and switch back and forth here in life. Sure, yeah. Pick a North Star and go after that and make sure they all, you know, your, your thoughts and, and values align themselves. And so I decided when we, um, you know, we're, we're loud and clear about more that uh, I'm loud and clear about more as well. I love it. One of the things you say in the book that it just rings very true to me is how you show up in one area of your life is how you show up in other areas of your life. And so when you explain your more and your values and reading through your book, and it's an incredible, incredible book. For those of you listening, it, seriously, you got to get your hands on a copy of this and read it. He tells so many amazing stories, stories of being in the military, being in law enforcement and and these just incredible stories about learning to trust your gut and learning to take action. In fact, I wrote down a few words that kind of really stuck out to me as I'm reading it. And the first one is I feel like it's a story of empowerment. You're very empowering. And just from the start, from the title of the book, Start With a Win, and from the first chapter, Start With a Win, you explain what a win looks like. If you could just take a little bit of time and explain to us what that looks like and, and what you mean by starting with a win. Awesome. Well, it's and you, you touched on something that I think is really important to me. Uh, you said you talked about how you do one thing is how you do all things. Um, you know, living one part of your life reflects on all parts of your life. And that for all the listeners here, that's incredibly important because we can't hide from ourselves. 
we can't hide from our, our tendencies. Um, I mean, you, you can't go get in your car and drive down the road and road rage people and then go meet with a client and give them a big hug and go, I'm a great person. I mean, it no, just you cannot. <laughs> it does not work that way. <laughs> no. And I mean, it's just, it's the same. You can't, if you have kids, you can't get angry at something and go home and have your kids go, how's your day? And you go, great. I mean, you can't lie to yourself. So how you do one thing is how you do all things. That includes your health. That includes your relationships. That includes your business. That includes your finances. That includes your faith. I mean, just pick something. And how you do one thing is how you do all things. So that's, I mean, that's really important to me. Uh, thank you for bringing that up. And a win, a win. We all have opportunities to win. And these little micro wins turn into macro wins in our lives. So many people go through life just doing things. I look at them, every single thing we do is a little mission. And how we go through these missions determines the outcome. And you either win, which means you completed the mission based upon the desired outcome you had, or you lose in the mission. You didn't win the mission, but you learned during the mission. It's not, you know, we've, we've all heard the cliche, it's not wins and loses, it's wins and learns. Well, that's so true because if you look at the opportunities and the challenges that are out there, um, we have opportunities to win and we have opportunities to learn about different things. Life isn't always going to serve you up a trophy for what you did, for crying out loud. You're going you're gonna to get served up some lessons as well. That's right. So yeah, it, it's, it's a function of, you know, you fell down, you scraped your knee, you pick yourself up, you go, wow, now I know there's a, a crack in the sidewalk or, or my shoe was untied or whatever it might be. But the reality is you learned about something that goes up here in the memory group and we get to carry on with life goes for business. Not every deal turns out the way you want it. What did you learn? You, you gain that experience, reflect on it. That, that win may be everything from you got up and you made your bed. That's, that's an automatic win people. I mean, you know, it's, it's like starting the new school year. Your kids start the new school year with an A. <laughs> okay. Yeah. They um, start off on the right foot. <laughs> exactly. You all now have an A in my class is what the teacher says. It's up to you to keep it. And, um, and we have wins and learns throughout that process. But, uh, but the reality is every single little thing we do in our day, every single thing we do in our life, we should look at and appreciate the opportunity to do it. Look for the opportunity in it, look for the challenge in it, have the right attitude and take action to create a result. That result love it. is the winner to learn. I love it. Win or learn. Well, I am a winner and a learner. I learn a lot. Um, something, you know, you mentioned attitude and I want to talk a little bit about the beast. Before we kind of get into the beast though, I read an article and, you know, as a realtor and for many realtors that are listening to this, you're probably reading things like I'm reading, which is the dying professions you may want to steer clear of. And you open it up and you see the number one thing is real estate agent. And all of these predictions about how, you know, real estate agents are going to go extinct. And, you know, sometimes it can be kind of hard to carry that positive attitude forward when you're reading all of this negativity about disruption in real estate. And so I wanted to just ask you, what is, you know, what is your advice for, for realtors who may be reading some of this stuff that um, is kind of negative? Well, I, I just have to say, look around. I mean, there, there's a lot in society that's negative and it's designed to knock you off your game. Mm -hmm. We are tested every single day and we have things thrown at us that create 
a fear response in our world. And you're talking about the beast. Well, the, the beast is fear, and we'll get into that here in a moment. But realistically, life is not easy. Nothing is easy. It's challenging. It needs to be because that separates those that are intentional versus those that are just trying to get by. That's why you have somebody, some people that are really good at something and you have other people and you, you kind of go, you're not even trying. You're, you're really creating you know, the, the bottom of the level of achievement in our industry, whatever that might be. So the, the reality is um, real estate agents have been told they're going to go out of, they're going to be extinct. They're going to be disintermediated. They're going to be disrupted. I mean, what, whatever word you want to throw at it, that's been going on for a long time since I've been in this industry. It's been going on. And uh, it's still going on. But here's the reality. If you keep trying to get better and you continue to try and deliver value and create the greatest experience for your customer possible, you're not going out of business. You're going to grow your business. That's the differentiator right there. Uh, take a look around. The real estate transaction is more complex than it ever has been. I think everybody realizes that. Uh, I remember, geez, what was it, 2007 or 2005, four, five, and six, when we had this boom and we had the crash of, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten. Um, we'd go to these different conferences. Everybody's like, real estate agents are going out of out of style. They're going extinct, things like that. I'm like, guys, that was like a decade and a half ago. Get, <laughs> you, get your act together. I mean, it's hasn't happened. Our surveys show that more millennials than any other generation, more the higher percentage of millennials, which is like in the low 90s, want to use a, a full-time professional real estate agent. Sure, yeah. I think getting, NAR, it, yeah. their statistics show the same thing, that more consumers are using real estate agents, but yet we're hearing this rhetoric. And you mentioned that a lot of these headlines, they just incite the beast within us. And I always say headlines can do more to terrify than clarify. So let's talk a little bit about the beast and what is the beast? Uh, explain to us what that means. Okay. So um, I was taught a long time ago by an amazing SWAT leader. And remember, that's the, the business that I come from is, is being on a SWAT team. Um, a man named Bruce, who was a commander of a great SWAT team, that I worked with for quite some time. And uh, we were prepping for a very complex SWAT operation. And there was some fear in the minds of uh, the operators, the SWAT operators and officers who were going to be executing the SWAT operation. And I mean, they're, they're human beings like you or I or any of your listeners here that are, are thinking about this, you know, if you just close your eyes, you can you can see yourself the same way as these SWAT officers. There's fear, doubt and overwhelm in their minds and in their hearts going, I have to go do something that I don't know if I'm going to succeed at it. And I, I even remember back when I was a little kid laying in bed in the dark, and you have to get up to go to the bathroom or get a drink of water or whatever it is. And you hear a noise and you're like, that's scary. I don't know what that <laughs> is. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just, it's the beast. There's something in all of our heads that creates doubt as to whether or not we are safe or going to be successful in doing what we're going to do. So Commander Bruce labeled that the beast, and he got the team together before that operation. He said, look, listen up, everybody. Inside of all of your heads and in your hearts is this beast. For anybody here, it has a different appearance. It may 
be this bulging muscles with fangs and big claws, or it might just look like you in the mirror. But the reality is inside of us is a creature that causes us to doubt ourselves, doubt our preparation, doubt our expertise, doubt our ability to accomplish something. And when you get to the point right before execution, right before you need to do what you need to do, that beast is going to come at you because you're about to enter the room with the beast. That beast is there and you have to make a decision. Is that beast going to take away your power to do what you know you can do and execute flawlessly, not miss a step, not miss a point, not miss a, a pitch to a client or, you know, a challenge in life or, you know, an apology over an argument, whatever it might be, that beast is going to be there to try and disrupt that. And you can sit here and you can go, I'm going to, I'm going to let that beast win. Or you can say, I'm going to go in that room and me and that beast are going to be best friends. And I'm going to party with that beast and we're going to have a great time. And I'm going to do everything I can because that beast is there to help me because that beast is a realization that I know what I am and what I need to do. So you have to decide, are you going to party with the beast? And, and that's what it comes down to. It's, you have to make you, a decision. Are you going to party with the beast? That's it. I love it. I love it. And you, in your book, you have that excerpt from Bruce, very touching that what you shared that Bruce wrote was very touching. So good. So good. You guys have to read it. It was amazing. And that was how it ended. Are you going to party with the beast? I, I, I'll tell you what, Kayla, every time I think about, can I do this? It, it doesn't matter what it is. I, I close my eyes and I just think about this and, and I can hear Bruce say, are you going to party with that beast? <laughs> and I just say back, party with the beast. That's right. Let's, let's have a rager. Let's do this. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, also, uh, Interesting. I, I discovered, I didn't know you had a podcast and you have a podcast, start with a win, a great podcast. And so I listened to a couple episodes. Um, and I think you and, and the guy that you were on with used an analogy of it's like that house party that you have when you're a teenager and like, you only invite four people and then all of a sudden, like everybody shows up, everybody's there. That's right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, Thank you. And by the way, for everybody, start with a win, start with a win.com. You can check out the podcast and the book at the website. Such good content that you're giving out. And one of the things too, that, um, I, I loved reading is you mentioned a, a coach, a business coach that I've coached with in the past, John Cheplak, And you mentioned some of the, the things that, that he shared. And one of the things that just really sticks with me is just giving freely, freely giving, freely giving your information. In fact, I have a coaching call with some, some realtors across the U.S. And we were just talking about this yesterday. I looked up on Google Trends and one of the trending search terms for sell my house is, you know, how to sell my house without a realtor. Like people in, you know, it's trending, it's up like 200% or something. And so I thought, you know, why not make content around how someone could go about selling their house? And let them discover that it's a complex, laborious, and requires the skill of a, a full-time professional. And so we were kind of talking about that concept, but it's something you touch on, on your, in your book as well. So share with us like what, what you mean by giving freely 
And then how, you know, we can translate that and be tactical about that in our businesses. Great question, Kayla. There's, there are two emotions that we function from and, and Cheplak talks about these a lot. There's fear and there's love. And fear is fight, flight, or freeze. It is making excuses. It is avoiding things. And it is trying to hide your value essentially from the marketplace thinking, I'm only going to sell my value to the marketplace and I'm going to hide it until then, until somebody pays for it. But the reality is people don't want that. They want to trust somebody who's willing to give to them unconditionally. So love is unconditional giving. And ultimately what you see the greatest business successes evolve and emerge from is people who are willing to step in and give their very best advice away for free. I mean, in real estate, we're not losing anything, people, because here's the reality. I mean, the, you're helping them with this contract. You know, it's, and, and in real estate, think about this. Think about this. We only have one product in real estate. Everybody, listen up if you're a realtor. It's a house, okay? You know, you might go, well, there's land and there's a bill. The reality is it's, it's a piece of real estate, okay? But realistically, there are many ways they can do this. Who are they going to choose? The one who can do it best for them. How are they going to know you can do it best for them? Because they realize that because you're giving them the very best advice ahead of time. So rule of thumb in business, give away your best thing that you can give away and people will pay you for the rest. So just think about that. And your marketing should be giving away value. Give value all day long. Um, by the way, Kayla and I give away this po- these podcasts. Why? This is value. What does it do? It helps you. What happens when somebody helps you? They reciprocate that value. You'll tell somebody about my podcast, Kayla's podcast. You know, you'll, you'll learn about uh, Zudelio's platform and, and how that works and, and what benefit that has to your business. Um, you know, I, I have a book, you're welcome to buy it, you know, things like we want to give you stuff and you're going to go, wait, I like these people. I want to do business with them. That's what life is about. And that's what the consumer looks for too. It's called reciprocity. I love it. Such a powerful concept. And I love how you just really break it down in your book and just really make it easy to understand and easy to take those concepts and, and then implement them. I mentioned that there were three kind of words that stuck out to me. And the first one was empowerment. You really empower us to believe that we too can achieve these incredible things just like you have. And then the other word that, in fact, I started circling it because I started to see it over and over and over again. And that word is action. Action, 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 action. I mean, over and over and over again, it was a theme throughout the whole book. And so I know that the beast prevents a lot of us from taking consistent action in our business. But if you could just share with us, you know, how can we silence that beast and take that consistent action in our business and be consistent? Oh my gosh, great question. And you're right. I mean, there's really, there's one solution to fear, doubt, and overwhelm. Just one solution. And Kaylee hit the nail on the head. That solution is action. No matter what it is. I mean, psychologically, if you look at, you know, like Mel Robbins and counting backwards from five to take action. um, Mine is party with the beast and take action. The reality is nothing happens until you take action. 
and you have zero control over your future until you take action. You have no, no benefit in your business until you take action. So I mean, the, the reality is, figure out what the challenge is, get the right attitude, and take action in order to accomplish those things. And just, just writing down that word action and putting on a sticky note and putting on your, your monitor, I mean, is that action to turn off social media? Is that action to call a client? Is that action to pick up the phone and call a, another uh, realtor that you're, you're working on a deal with, uh, a lender, you know, wh whatever it is, take action because nothing happens without it. Great point. And you're, I, I want to touch on empowerment. So we have, we have two E's in our world. One is empowerment. The other one is enablement. Mm. What is enablement? Enablement is allowing people to get away with not taking action. Empowerment is encouraging and developing action-taking steps. So That was good. That was so good. <laughs> so good. I'm like, Thank you. Woo, so say it again. <laughs> enablement and empowerment. I mean, I, the, the reality is if we're enabling ourselves to get away with things, to not take action, not get things done, you know, we get what we get. We, we deserve what we tolerate is ultimately what it boils down to. I mean, what are you tolerating? What are you enabling? And I, I look at, um, I have three college age kids and it, am I going to enable them to, to get away with not doing the work in life? No, I'm going to empower them to do the work. And you know what it shows? It shows in their results because they took action. So think about an empowerment and enablement and how that leads to action. Oh, I love it because you also talked about how, you know, most of the people that are around us are just, they're okay being average really. And they're okay being mediocre and how we cannot tolerate that um, in our lives and in our organizations. And I agree with you. I hundred percent agree with you uh, as a leader, because the third word that kind of really stuck out with me was, was leadership. Leadership was a theme um, you've clearly wrote this book to inspire other leaders. And I can see the, the, the theme through every page was, was about how can I empower, how can I get people to take action, and how can I create more leaders through this book? And so for me, those takeaways are so powerful. But when it comes to leadership, you, you mentioned a relationship with, with the co-founder of Remax, Dave. And you talk about how back when you were in law enforcement, you would, he would go on ride alongs with you. And so I'm thinking to myself, okay, so you've known this guy for a long time. And how did you meet him? Like, how did that even come to be? I'm, I'm curious about that. That's a great question. The, uh, Dave and Gail, his wife, um, were building a golf course south of Denver, a mountain golf course. And mountain golf course, there's like cliffs and pine trees everywhere and mountains and things like that. And the golf course weaves through it. And this was in uh, the mid nineties, like 95 and 96. And they had hired police officers to sit out there at night to uh, protect the place. People would come out and would damage things, steal you know, equipment, golf carts, whatever. And I, I picked up a shift there because I thought oh, this would be kind of cool. I'll sit out there all night long. It's in the <laughs> wilderness. I, I love, I'm, I'm a fan of the outdoors and I'm sitting there at like two in the morning. Here comes this brand new white suburban pulling in. This guy hops out and it's Dave. He goes, hi, I'm Dave. And I go, hi, I'm Adam. I go, 
why are you here? He goes, this is my golf course. I go, oh, that's cool. Thanks for having me here. And he asked me, he goes, do you hunt? I said, yeah, I hunt. I'm in Colorado. I'm in the wilderness. Yes. And uh, he goes, all right, well, let's go, you know, let's go four-wheel and see if there's any porcupines that, that we need to to get rid of because they damage the trees on the golf course. They'll Porcupines kill pine trees. I had no idea. Oh, I didn't and, either. Uh, yeah, they, they eat like a ring around the top of the tree and it kills the tree. And I'm like, you don't want that happening on your beautiful golf course here. And uh, so we were driving around. We didn't see any porcupines. But um, we got stuck in his new suburban. We're driving up this really steep hill and four low out in the middle of nowhere. It's dark. And this big strip of plastic wraps around the bottom of the car, the drive shaft, makes this big ball of plastic, and we get stuck on the, a steep hillside. Oh, he puts dear. In, yeah, middle of the night. I'm, <laughs> I'm thinking, what are we going to do? He puts it in park. He goes, and I, I look at him, and he looks at me, and we both said, got a knife at the same time. So we <laughs> hopped out, and we're laying under the car for a long time with our flashlights. Like, put your flashlight in your mouth and sitting there cutting off of this. And, wow. Uh, it was, it was fun. We got to know each other. And then he started coming and riding along with me and, and watching um, how I commanded different situations that I was in. Um, I had a computer. We had little computers in our police cars. Um, I had a phone. I had a, a two-way pager. I had a radio. All these different communication techniques and how I worked with the people that I was with. And um, how I wanted them to be better. How I wanted to help them to empower them to make decisions and, and, and things of that nature. And it was, it was interesting because it turned into a, a mentoring relationship. And one of the key things that Dave always told me was be a sponge. And I'm like, what does that mean? He goes, go learn something every day. And I said, oh, all right, so sponge, go, 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 go find something to learn. He goes, that's only the first part. The second part is give it back. Sponges soak things up and they give things out. And I said, oh, that's smart. So... I made it my focus to go learn something about leadership and leading and give it back every day. Because here's, here's what I learned, Kayla. Dave told me that being a leader means nothing unless you are actively engaged in the action of leading. So it doesn't matter what your position is in life. If you are not leading, meaning you are giving knowledge, helping people grow, get better, solve their problems, empowering them, to make decisions, things of that nature. You're not a leader, folks. It's a title on your business card. It's it's not something that, you know, the leadership fairies come and sprinkle leadership dust on you does not work <laughs> in life. You actually have to take the actions in order to lead. So um, that's really been a, a great deal of the mentor time that I've, I've spent with him. And I can't tell you how many courses I've done with the man where I sit there and watch him learning to go lead and give back as well. That's so cool. It's, it's so neat. And I can tell that you have a deep love and respect and appreciation for him, uh, by the words that you write about him and in your book. And so that was really cool to read. Uh, you know, there's so many people that have poured into me and poured into my life. And, and I know that, um, Dave was one of those for you. So it was really, really cool to read that and read about him about leadership you give a lot of very sound principle-based advice on how to be a leader. And I think that being a leader starts with leading yourself. And one of the things that you mentioned is you get up every morning at 4.30, except for two days a week where you wake up at 5.30. Um, and you mentioned some habits, I believe, that, that set you up for success and systems. In fact, in, in one part of the book that you mentioned 
at home around the fire pit in the backyard with your kids and, and your wife, you guys were having like a book club of atomic habits. And I'm just sitting there going like, can I like be part of this? Like, this sounds amazing. Like I want to be in on that. Um, but talk to us about how you've created habits that serve you uh, and what that looks like. Wow. The, I, first of all, Kayla, I just want to say you're really good at interviewing people because you're, <laughs> you're, you're making me reflect on some of the, the really some of the deepest moments in my life. And I know, I know a lot of them are written in the book, but, but this is fantastic. Um, the, uh, the, the habits that we have are just chisel strikes to create what we become. I mean, it just, it's, it's like we're sculpting ourselves and what do those habits look like is the question we all have to ask ourselves. You know, I, whenever I think about what is this doing for me, I always think to myself, hold up the mirror and you need to, you need to look at yourself and say, what is this doing to me, for me, with me, for those around me, things of that nature. And I wanted to, I wanted to go back through atomic habits and I wanted to, you know, do something with my kids so we could focus on creating success in our lives because this was right at the beginning of COVID that we would, we would do book club. And it was fantastic. I just, I ordered a whole bunch of copies of the, the book and everybody got it. And we would sit down and have a chapter, you know, for a week that we would talk about. And it was fascinating because it created a vulnerability amongst, and my kids are all in college, by the way. So I'm dealing with adults here. Um, <laughs> and as we all know, I, I think adults are a little more challenging to deal with than, than children uh, to a great extent. But ultimately, it came down to us creating vulnerability and transparency in our lives and sharing those things with each other and helping each other get better. What is that? That's leadership. They're leading each other. And for me, the, the dad, who's the CEO of the company, who they're like, you know, they hopefully they look up, they look up to me. I, I'm told that they do. But oh, they're I looking bet. At it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're giving me advice. And I'm like, thank you. Thank you. That means a lot that you're observing those things and delivering them to me because that's incredibly valuable. I, I'll tell you, you know, when, when you run a company, not many people walk in your door and go, hey, you need to work on this. But for your 19, 20, 21 year old kid to go, dad, you need to work on this. I mean, talk about just a, you know, a punch in the nose. And you're like, whoa, thanks. That's awesome. And, you know, we, we learned a lot about each other. We learned a lot about ourselves. But ultimately, what we did was we learned a lot about how to talk to other people to deliver feedback and, and create ideas that create results, how to, mm -hmm. how to create wins. And that's, all, that's what Atomic Habits by James Clear, great book. Everybody, if you haven't read it, I encourage you to go read it. Then go read it again. Um, you know, the best books you find yourself reading two or three times because you're like, oh, my gosh, I got to go back and look at that again. Um, so it's... Uh, it's a good book, but ultimately it's a good experience if you can pull your family into enjoying that, that opportunity together and, and really uh, learn about each other. So um, we don't live alone in life. We're all part of this, this blue planet that interacts with each other and helps each other get better. And it's a great way to do that. For sure. Yeah. It's, we're all connected, right? And I think, uh, you know, one of the things about what you're sharing now and what you've shared in the book is that you're very vulnerable. You'll be very vulnerable uh, and you'll share these things. And you, you know, you mentioned that 
vulnerability, it's tricky because I forget how you worded it, but something that, you know, when you're vulnerable, you have to be careful that someone doesn't use that against you. Um, talk to us a little bit about that, what that means, because, you know, reading through your book, you do share those personal stories and you are very vulnerable. And so how do you do that in, in a healthy way? The, the interesting part about vulnerability is that you're right. People, um, people that have wrong intentions will use it against you as a lever. Um, but you can't, you have to be strong and vulnerable at the same time. And that's hard for a lot of people because we're so many of us in life, you know, we have the beast that, that we're carrying around, uh, you know, on our shoulder. We're, we're walking in the shadow with a beast at that point. And it's, it's hard to be vulnerable because we're afraid of everything. But if we're confident and we're strong when we're vulnerable and we own what we say and how we do it, and we're honest with ourselves and with other people, I mean, the, the reality is you find out that it's okay. And we don't have to hide things. It, we're, we're not internalizing fear. So really, I mean, when, when it comes down to it, that's what we're battling with here when it comes to our ability to, to be vulnerable, transparent, uh, is, is trusting ourselves to trust other people. And we're afraid of those other people because of the potential of that trust being violated but it's going to happen. It's going to happen at some point. And you know, we need to say, I'm me. If they want to attack me for being me, then they're the one with the problem. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, it's, it, it, it's also kind of a check and balance in our lives. Are we being good human beings? Cause you don't, you don't see, you know, a, a thug standing up going, Hey, I, I did this wrong and this wrong. And this. no, I mean, the, the people who are really violating the sanctity of, of our society and, and really, um, you know, acting in a, a nefarious manner and, and um, you know, doing things wrong and hiding from them, they're not going to be transparent and open with those things it, until the moment that they, they get to reflect on that in their life. Um, you know, live the life that you're, you're proud with, you know, about being put on the front page of the newspaper, I guess, is what you could say. Uh, or, you know, the other one is, do you want somebody calling your mom and saying, hey, guess what Adam did? And <laughs> what's the response? And I, I think about that a lot because, um, and my mom's probably going to listen to this podcast, but, uh, but it's true, you know, let's just, let's be out there. And, um, you know, I'm not saying don't have a personal life, but I'm a CEO. I don't get a personal life. So mm-hmm. I get to live this way when I was a police officer, you know, everybody wants a personal life because you don't want somebody following you home and doing something to your house or your family or whatever. But, um, you know, I, I don't get a personal life, so I'm, I'm proud of the one that I have and I'm willing to share it and, and so should you. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I got to ask you, is Kelly Contos, is that your wife? That is my wife, my lovely, beautiful love of my life. Oh, well, I got to give it up to her for having the best quote in the book. It's you can't tell someone the truth when they believe they already know it. Yeah. <laughs> I laughed when I read that. I was like, Ooh, she is good. <laughs> she's really good. Kayla. She's like, you know, you've got, it's like somebody's a referee in your life and they, they blow the whistle and you're like, Hey, and you go, Oh, yep. You're right. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for shining a light on, on my thoughts. And, uh, but you're, 
that is such a profound quote, though. And I remember one time we were talking about somebody who was attacking somebody else. I don't remember if they were attacking us or whatever it was. But, you know, it's, it's like, don't argue with people. It's, it doesn't do any good because they believe they know the truth, and that's why they're arguing their point. And if they believe they already know their truth, you can't tell them yours. So you just go, thank you for sharing your passion. Move on. 100%. I agree. 100%. Uh, so great book. I'm just so honored that I have my hands on one of the early copies and you can get yours too. We're going to give you the way to do that. Um, Adam, as we end today's podcast, I want you just to share with us what you think the future of real estate looks like uh, from your perspective in leading Remax and, and all that you do. What does the future of real estate look like? Great question, Kayla. And, and thank you for having me on the podcast to begin with. And I appreciate all of your listeners and, and your organization uh, for all you guys do in the industry. You know, the future of real estate is, um, and all industries go through this. There's, industries are allowed to become complacent with the level of experience and service that they provide to customers. And that's when customers, industry around them, um, you know, whatever you want to call them, a lot of people call them disruptors, something like that, come in and start kind of pushing on an industry and saying, you're going to go away. But really what we're hearing is raise your game. I mean, up your game and get better at what you do and provide a greater experience to the consumer. Because what you see is a need for evolution. It, we, we saw a need for evolution in society when COVID hit. And it wasn't just real estate. It was, I mean, I could go pull apart probably 20 different industries and say, same thing, same thing, same thing that we're going through in real estate. But ultimately what it means is get better and give more. And, th and that's what the consumer wants. The consumer is demanding experts. Be an expert in our space. If you're an expert in our space, you've got a great future. If you're not, you're going to be wondering what your future looks like. So that's ultimately what I would say to everybody in the real estate space is that's what the consumer demands. So step it up folks, you know, let's, let's raise the bar. Let's not get into this just because we want a, a you know, a commission check, get into this because you want a career of being an expert. You know, it's uh, the difference between showing up and putting a bandaid on something and becoming a heart surgeon. Let's go become heart surgeons. So that's what I have to say about the future of real estate. It depends on everybody that's listening to this to make it a better place. Well, that is so wonderful. Thank you again so much, Adam, for being here. Thank you for writing this book. You have inspired me. I'm going to read it again. So many amazing nuggets. You're going to be able to get your hands on a copy. We're going to tell you how in just a moment. But thank you again so much, Adam. We appreciate you. Thanks, Kayla. Thank you. And thanks to Zudilio for having me on. And all you listeners, go grab a copy of the book. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Want to get your hands on a free copy of Start With a Win from the CEO of Remax, Adam Contos? Click the link in my bio, fill out the quick form, and we'll ship it to you straight away.